everyone, he is Jack. Welcome back to Set the Table. This is going to be episode 27, where we talk about character and player changing, changes, uh, swapping. I, I couldn't think of a better word for it, so uh, that's what it is, and that's who we are. Hey, how's it going? Pl player swapping, character swapping, or wife swapping? Yeah, see, I didn't know the swapping felt like maybe that wasn't the right... Like, maybe, like, if I had written character and player swapping, is that, like, making your players swap which characters they're playing? Or, like, it's it was ambiguous, so, um... How, how about substitution? Ooh, yeah. Character and player substitutions. Well, that makes it sound like it's a different, uh, like, a different person. Like, so, like, send well. in the subs... Which, well, I mean, kinda, that's right? similar, yeah. Substitution wouldn't it's... be bad. Anyway, um, anyway, we're going to get to the bulk of that right quick, uh, but we have some exciting news to share. Uh, we usually play, well, we had played 7C for a time on Wednesday evenings, and we were talking for a couple of weeks, taking a break after we finished about what to do next, and uh, we decided to do Monarchies of Mao. Which is a 5e rule set, but set in the Pugmire universe. So Pugmire is from Modiphius? Oh, I don't know. Um, actually, get, actually, hang on. I'll go grab the book and I'll read it off the back. Give me just a second. Sure thing. Uh, for those who don't know, Pugmire and Monarchies of Mao is a anamorphic, anthropomorphic... It's human animals, uh, and so it's my similar to Redwall. Now I'm putting or my headphones back in. Something else where I was just explaining you, what did... Monarchies of Mao, um, Pugmire was. It is Onyx Path Publishing. There you go. Is, are the um, publishers? Pug, yes. Pug Steady is the company. And so it is akin to Redwall or or other stories like that. Uh, Rats of Nim a little bit. Um, but with cats and dogs, mostly. Cats and dogs, mostly. Yep. Uh, so we just started that, and that is interesting. We're investigating the murder of a, a dog whose name was Conroy, who sold beans. Um, and we, we know that somebody connected to him uh, lives in a town a couple days away, and so we're going to check out that town. Because he's associated with... Uh a group of cultists who are trying to change the religious and social order of the land. It's a doozy. So looking forward to that. That's interesting. More to come in the future. Um, we in my group played our 5e game. Uh, they got through the sunken sanctum, the, the dungeon that they were in. Um, we wrapped through a, a good part of that. Um, pacing felt good. Uh, the encounter that I double-checked with everybody went pretty good, um, and and so that was good. And because we have talked about it, excuse me, everybody yawned. Because we had talked about it so much on the show, um, I decided to do a, a session zero with my players um, before we play another session of the main game here. Um, and so this weekend we're we're playing in one of our our tales from Ados, the TFAs that I do, set in the domain of one of the villains from one of the PCs from the main game's backstory. And so the new PCs will be uh, evil hench people to a warband leader known as the Huntsman. Um, so that'll be cool. Get to explore that side of my world a little bit more, um, and players get to play evil characters, which we don't don't often do uh what about you monday group so my my monday group is uh playing in a module that i wrote called the faux marquess it's the follow-on to the painter and the pirate and they are they they did the prison break so um they found out that a lady was in distress and they broke her out of prison and now uh, they went to a grand ball where uh, the imprisoned woman confronted the person who imprisoned her, and there was lots of uh, dancing and social 
stuff is it was one of those really meaty dramatic scenes that you get in seventh c uh and then nice it looked like we were gonna go into a a full-scale battle in in the next the the next morning the the fallout from the party is that the two competing villains were finally they've had enough of each other like the the barbs and social jests and practical jokes during the the grand ball set them both on a path to load the cannons and let's just i'm gonna sink all your ships yeah go ahead i'm gonna blast your chateau into into cinders uh and the the party diffused the yeah smithereens that's the word i was (laughs) a hero situation but now um that that leaves that kind of you know weird what's gonna happen next like the both of the ones really angry and all the people kind of caught in the middle are like oh my gosh we're all caught in the middle so we'll we'll see what happens on monday i'm excited nice cool all all guns loaded um also because you mentioned it the painter and the pirate the first installment of your trilogy here uh, is available on drive through rpg right now um you can go there and you can search for it in fact if you type the painter into the search bar the painter and the pirates the first thing that pops up the very first thing that pops up it's 399 um and it's 18 pages of seventh c goodness there's also there's a bunch of backstory there's uh some villain there's villains the villains of the story are all uh kind of documented for you i did a whole uh relationship table so uh there's no like oh how does this person feel about that person i I sketched all that out for you um so it is a the best well the best It, it is the closest approximation i could make of a fully engaging module for 7c because of course like we've talked about with 7c the players can control the narrative and there isn't one way to solve to tell the story but i tried to give uh, a, a gm as much background and information and uh there are settings and scenes all pre-built for you uh, with with dialogue and all sorts of exciting goodness, so it's quite good. I've read it. <laughs> you've you've played it, yes. Um, if I if I can eventually, I'll coerce my players into letting me run it for them. Um, yeah, that would be cool. Yes, it would be fun to be on the the GM side of that. Um, I would be more than I. I would volunteer to play in that if you if some of your players are non seven C friendly. Okay. Yes, because you'll help me too. I'll, so, I'll I'll have to dust out my my uh, my favorite hero from seven C is his name is also Giuseppe, uh, and he is a spl- a, a a rake. No, so you got to make a new of, character. Uh, oh, I got to make a new character. Yeah. Oh, okay. Forced mm. character swap. For that's so, that's that would that, be good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be good. Um, but I guess that's uh, we can kind of start there. Um, sure. As that segues into character swapping and player swapping. Um, sure. So we are of course talking about one of a single player at your table changing which character they are playing from a collection of their own characters. Um, not like swapping characters at the table uh, or swapping people out from your table. Uh, well, no, we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, we'll talk about swapping people because I've got a couple of thoughts on that. Yeah. So don't uh, don't force swaps unless you have, uh, since that's where we started, unless you've got some really, really, really good reason to like make a player change which character they're playing, you don't want to do it. But there are those cases. We've talked about problem players a handful of times. Um, sometimes you might have to recommend that somebody change character. Um, and and that's and that's where my mind went when you said forcing a character to change. It's like I w- I don't think I would force a player 
at my table. It's like, okay, you're not playing that character anymore and take the sheet away and, and tear it up and say, here's right. what you have to play. No, I think I would not. say, look, you, you're, you are the, you know, it, it's a party of elves and half elves and you are a drow character. And every, every session we get together and you're slinging around racial slurs and, you're not helping the party like you're you're it, are you having fun like and then is everyone else at the table having fun and it's like no you know every time he opens his mouth he says iblith or he says uh darth rear and he's always trying to like i'm not paying for that you pay for that like every time we go to the tavern he never buys drinks and you know Sounds he's like a tank. one of your own characters uh, it, it, well, it was, I didn't get that bad. Sounds like you'd um, be that kind of guy, though. Uh, well, I try, uh, again, I'm a method actor, so I'm going to play that character correctly. And it wasn't a full party of elves. I wouldn't have played my character, my drow character, in a full, full-up surface elf uh, right. Right, right. band, because that just wouldn't work. But if you if you've got players who are doing that, right, then it's time to talk and see if they would mo moderate their behavior or say, no, my character wouldn't do that. It's like, okay, then other people, like, we're not having fun now. Let's let's find a pathway to fun. Is it with you with a different character? Are other people in the party willing to switch characters? Like, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. force swapping, I, I, don't, I don't... I think... Um, it's it's really I think a that's last a resort. Strong term, yeah. It it is really a last resort if you've got a, and and again that you know revisit the problem player, uh, episode. But really, I mean, the, it comes down to communication. Communicate mm -hmm. with the table. Communicate with the players. Open up the communication between the players, uh, especially in that out of character space. Right. Yep. So a couple other thing uh, examples that I could think of besides problem players specifically would be like if uh, if somebody had a problem character perhaps. Um, yes. So if if you've got a, a group of level threes of of new players and somebody who's a super experienced player comes along and makes a a, a really broken level three combo or uh, has some level five character that they want to bring in if there if there's something. Uh, broken about the character that could be a recommendation for a encouraged swap if it's causing problems at your table um, yes yeah you might also encourage somebody to swap uh, if they don't seem to be clicking with their characters um, we had this down here but I'm gonna move it so if somebody seems to be really struggling with a character uh, that they're playing, um, and they don't seem to either. They don't seem to get into the role play, and it you can tell that it's because they don't understand like what their character is supposed to do. Like if somebody's a druid, and uh, somebody is is setting fires in the woods, and they're um, you know participating in the combat like with their scimitar, and they're not really they're not wild shaping, and they're not into the the RP of it. It could be that your player doesn't have, you know, either the interest or the knowledge um, about the class or the character that they're playing. Um, either they didn't think about the backstory, the backstory doesn't work, the, the race-class combo, either one of those wasn't what they wanted. Um, and like you said, it all or, comes down to communication, right? If somebody seems right. to be having an issue at your table... Um, bring it up, and if it is, I don't understand how to play this character, or I don't like this character that I've made, uh, encourage, you know, be open-minded as a DM, and if it makes sense in the story, encourage them to, to swap out. Yeah, we, we, I, I've seen that in, in a game where I was playing, and, and, uh, uh, the human decided they were going to play, was, they had played rogues, uh, a tremendous amount of their their role play game career, right? That that was their that was their class, their go to class. Sure. And they were really good at playing rogues. So then they were like, you know what? I'm sick of playing a rogue. I'm gonna try a ranger. And it didn't go oh, well because they played say, the ranger say, like a it rogue. was 
they played the ranger like a rogue. Like the the it's like I'm I'm a DPS class. I'm gonna go to another DPS class. It, it'll be okay. And and no, we'd start the combat and no hunter's mark came out. And I'm gonna run up. It's like really you you've got a quiver full of arrows. You're going to get within melee range. Like you've got a paladin and a and a warlock that are up front and you you know. Yep. You're going to rush up there too. And and it's the other people at the table were trying to be helpful, but eventually it came off like uh, I'm trying to play your character, like I'm alpha gaming. Hey, don't forget Hunter's Mark. It's like, yep. you know, and and the people at the table weren't trying to be mean, right? They weren't being like, they were, they were trying to be helpful, mm-hmm. um, but it went beyond helpful to the point of that person uncomfortable not for that person. Play their character, yeah. Right, right, and 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 players will gravitate towards a class, right? I like the cavalier. Mm-hmm. I'm a cleric I, I, guy. Right, I like playing clerics. I like playing dwarf clerics. I like playing cavaliers of any race. Uh, I like playing. I, I haven't played bard in a while. Like I said, I, I liked playing that bard, but I haven't played bard in a while. Right. I haven't played monk in forever like i i play i tend to go martial mm-hmm. uh or magic so okay. so i i i the, the the things like monk and bard and and those kind of in betweeny yeah the hybrids see i play not... i play clerics paladins and i'm i love right. the hybrid if i can have a sword in one hand and healing in the other <laughs> skyrim <laughs> uh, i'm all yep. set <laughs> See, and, and I would rather just have, you know, sword and board and put me up front. Nice. Or or lance, you know, lance on my steed charging down the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So if you've got newer players at your table who might not be so familiar with what they like, what they know, what they're comfortable with, it's okay as the DM to have that discussion and just chat, encourage them, coach them around like, hey, if you want, it's okay to switch characters. Uh, and you as the DM... I'm not going to say you have to be, but it will bequeath you to find more and a higher quality of player and to find and host more and higher quality of game to be more open-minded in general. Uh, And so if you are willing to, or it makes any sense, like if you're doing Curse of Strahd, there's no reason some other adventurer couldn't wander into Barovia and now they meet up somewhere in the wilds during a wolf attack like that's totally plausible so um unless there's some real reason to not allow that at your table i would suggest being open-minded about it sure and that and and i'll i'll put this out there some people players especially will view that as losing right i created this character i rolled my backgrounds or i wrote a backstory and I'm not going to see this character through to the end. Like, oh, no, I'm not going to finish the Skull and Shackles with this character. It's like, that's not losing. Right, that's not a thing okay? in D&D. Right, it's not a thing in any roleplay game that, that I'm aware of where if you die, you lose. Or if you change characters, that's that's somehow makes you a weak player. That is complete and utter bullpucky. Um, oh, I'll to, say to it. I've been putting use... explicit tags on the episode, so we can't drop f bombs. But that's bullshit. Yeah, you know, the, the you lose a role play game if you keep coming to the table and you leave the table not having any fun. That's how you lose. <laughs> yeah, um, and basically, and you can't win it either. And, you, I, you can't. Right. I, you win if you have fun, but like that's it. You Everyone's you a winner fun. if you have fun. Yes, and so so that I, I've heard. It, I've I've had that conversation a long time ago with some folks and they're like, man, you switch out that character and, and you're going to lose that you lost. It's like, what did what? I lose? Like I didn't lose anything. I, I've got this character that I'm not having any fun with because they're ineffectual in this type of story. Right. I'm playing a cavalier in a dungeon crawl, right? My horse won't fit. You're going to have a bad corridor, time. And, I picked all these, you know, the the last four adventures were overland adventure, you know, hex crawls in Greyhawk, where I was amazing, mm-hmm. and now we're in the cave, and my horse is tied up outside, and 
I'm again, I'm a method actor, so we go into the dungeon. Hey, it, it's time for me to to feed Reginald. What do you mean? It's like I'm tracking my way back through the dungeon to feed my horse. He's tied up outside. He can't feed himself. Well, we, I, you like can't that, leave. Like, I like that. I like that as a DM. Believe, like my horse is hungry. He's gonna like they're like untie him. You. It's like, I, and and I told the party like. I'll untie him, but if I come out of this dungeon and Reginald's not waiting for me because he wandered off or somebody stole him, you're going to owe me you guys. the cost. <laughs> right, this party, you, out of your pockets, are going to pay me the cost of a heavy warhorse and barding and armor and all the gear that I'm going to lose. And they were like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, and but at the at the time, it's like, you know, it's like maybe I should switch characters. Like maybe maybe the cavalier goes off to feed his horse, and the horse is gone, so he goes and looks for the horse. Part of that and too. You guys, you uh, you sorry. guys find a you guys find a halfling rogue tied up in a basket, and you open up the basket, and here's you know I'll play that halfling rogue, and just <laughs> I'm level five now. Make the halfling rogue level five, and and uh, and we'll swap. You as the DM in that situation could also. It's 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 meta, but you could tell your players, "I'm not going to do anything to the horse. You're supposed to be here. It's okay. Proceed." Sure, but again, it, I'm it does. Ta- so I know it takes a little bit away, but player, right? You're going to lose that. You're going to lose that thing, or you know, I I send Rodney the the horse or Reginald the horse back. You know, I. Oh, I here, here we untie go. Untie him, and I whisper in his ear, "Go home." And he he trundles off back to the barn where no, my page can take care of him. No, no, no. The druid. So in my party, the druid would uh, mold earth the stone around the cave entrance to provide like a ten by ten space for the horse, and then mold earth a door closed, and be like, "All right, horse is safe. Let's go." Okay. Yep. They would. They would problem solve that so hard. Or, or we could keep one of the goblins that we're fighting alive and swear him, like, I'm saving your life. You owe me a life debt. Go take care of my horse. Yep, you could. <laughs> yeah, and then now, now, oh, now you got a fun little goblin companion for the party, like Bok Bok. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so there are ways to solve that problem. There are ways to make a player or a character function in an adventure. But sometimes you just can't. Yep. Right? Sometimes you just can't do it, and you need to change. Or characters die. Right? That's the mm-hmm. other That's the other way I switch switch characters. Um, they, they get killed. Um, sometimes it's because the, the dice just didn't roll my way that day, or sometimes it's because... I'm not really excited about keeping that particular character alive in this story, and they meet an untimely end. Right. Um, so we, we covered a bit of uh, coaching, encouraging character swaps. Um, let's swap. Let's swap to uh, player player swapping. Um, if you're going to have players coming and going throughout your adventure because that can be kind of jarring um especially for Mm -hmm. a new dm who's like got a story idea or a module and now they have to write and finagle a little bit extra to make it work and that person if they're uh, experienced are going to have their own whole backstory and want all of these uh sort of ties and connections to things and it's 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 a lot of work um but I have I've had people come and go um and the people that have gone have gone with totally legitimate reasons uh and the people that have come uh were people that I wanted to play with us for a long time so you know it was kind of a hey spots always open let me know when you can and uh fortune found a way so um that's the the real quick of my experience there um kind of muddled the order of this a little bit um but do you have any any 
experiences with players coming and going frequently? I mean, you're the uh, advisor of the board game club, right? So you probably yeah, have so, people so, in and out. Um. Well, COVID, right? So for a year, we well, haven't been right. doing anything. Um. But we in my Monday group, we've we've had over the years, we've had people come in and come out. Um, we, we lost a regular to, to a master. You know, the master's degree, I think, is the bane of role play game groups. Um, oh, dear. So so people, you know, they get busy. They 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 can't come in. They get they got to go. Uh, but we did. We lost we lost one of our regulars. Uh, while she was working on a particularly tough semester, we picked up a new player, uh, which was good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she connected with the group because she didn't stay. Um, okay. When we finished the when we finished the adventure, she got busy, and and I, I, I'm I'm not you know. I'm not going to say that she was being untruthful when she said I'm busy and I can't make it. I think that was true. Um, but I also, I don't know if she would have rearranged her schedule to meet with us because she didn't really connect with a lot of the group. Sure. And that's okay. She had one, one friend she was there to kind of play with. And then the rest of us were just kind of there. And, um, but that she she also had uh, a really interesting character that she played really really well, mm-hmm. um, but it was one of those characters we've been talking about that didn't click with the group. Um, uh, a druid, a, a a druid child, like juvenile half elf, with some mental illnesses that were played brilliantly. Oh, nice. But that did not, right? So that's rare. The it's rare, and we are in a prison trying to escape, and we, you know, not a lot of caregiving player characters in the mix. Yep, not a lot of room for right, character my, development. Not, not, not in that not direction, right? Yeah, not a lot, right? And 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 especially, you know, a surface half surface elf with my Smurf Neblin who lives with Drow who wants to live with Drow again, it's like, no, let's, let's just kill this thing and get, get rid of it. <laughs> um, which I tried on several occasions to be friendly out of character with the, the other player because my character was certainly unfriendly to her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, yeah. yeah, that, that would have, again, that that's kind of that, it was great. I mean, the character was played brilliantly. The outcome for that character was really good. Uh, I I believe everyone had a good time, but right. it was just one of those like this is going to be a rough. This is going to be a rough night. <laughs> Bummer. Um, and, and and I was I was looking forward to that person coming with us into Seventh C, and and when she didn't, I was like, oh god, that's I'm sad. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's 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 tough when you like have people that click well with the group and then have to go um yes my yeah i was i was really looking forward to that person playing a different character based on how well she played her yeah yes her her 5e character i was like oh my god she is going to be a brilliant uh castilian alchemist and nope oh yeah one of my early players so one of the three initial people that I started playing with um, ended up switching his characters after uh, about a year into the game because it it was revealed throughout the time that we spent playing that it was kind of a puzzle-solving, riddly, thinky kind of game, and he was playing a very low-int, low-wiz, barbarian dwarf. Um which he did a great job at, but he, the player, was way smarter than the character and was was struggling to reconcile, like, wa- really wanting to solve the puzzles and the traps and things, but not being able to through his character. Um, so he ended right. up switching characters, and I was super excited to see him play this really brilliant, uh, 
very well-crafted character, awesome backstory, fit into the world beautifully. Custom magic items that I whipped up are, I think, the favorite, my favorite one that I have made. Um, and then a, a few months later, he, 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 it was finishing law school, so he had to go. And like, right. not gonna, not gonna fault you for that. Power to you. <laughs> like you said, master's degrees. Yep, grown grown up problems. Yeah, bleh. Um, bleh. Adulting. Bleh. Yep. Do <laughs> do not care for it. Um. So yeah, I I think on that note, if you've got a player who is in school and they are using role play games as their sort of decompression, and you notice them, you know, struggling or having a hard time, or you know, seeming to really need the Need need the D and D man. I need it. Um, you you could suggest a, a break, um, so that you know they don't feel obligated to be making the time and effort in their schedule to be here. And you know, um, not that you want them to leave, but it's okay to voice that and be like, hey, if you need a break, that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Breaks are good. Yeah. Which which can, I mean, you could you could have a character take a break. Yeah. Um. And then not have to kind of force that swap. That's another strategy to like if if they they love their I love my cavalier, but this dungeon crawl is really really not my thing. I don't I don't want to die to have to switch characters. What can we do? What can we do? And it's like well, you know you you go back to feed uh the horse Roger the horse and there's a page with a message from your order and you've got to go. Okay. Page, take this note into the dungeon and tell my party I'm leaving. I'm going to saddle up and head off to the order of the shields stronghold and find out what they need from me kind of thing. And then yes, Mm -hmm. I'm out for however many sessions it is to finish the dungeon crawl. And then when they get back to town, I'll be in town waiting for them kind of thing. And then, I can study for my final exam or finish my thesis or craft my bibliography or whatever else you're doing to satisfy that master's degree uh, <laughs> insanity. Um, yeah. So I, I want to note it because we talked, we it's only the second episode of 2021. Um, and our first year, we we sort of touched on how everything that we talked about could be uh, a session one, or sorry, session zero topic, um, and so this one, uh, w- while you could ask your group in your session zero, like, hey, do you think that any of you might want to s- switch characters later on? That's usually not what anybody's thinking about. They're like trying to build the character they want to play. Um, right. So this is a little bit more of a what I would call an intermediate issue that. I think, you know, this could come up anytime as early as the first couple of sessions where somebody might recognize that they don't really love a part of how their character works um, or they don't like their character at all. And you could either just do a full swap or or make small changes to their character. Um, If it's session one and you've got a paladin with oath of, well, no, they don't get it. If it's whatever, I mean, even if it is as late as level three and it's one session later and the paladin picked oath of devotion and they're like wait wait i wanted oath of crown um theoretically you could make a a small change like that retroactively you could also fit it into the story but um anyway having people swap characters out uh could be anything from early on to a year into the game where somebody just finds what they're playing stale um so which is not, how I swapped out of one of my characters. Yeah, not not we, really we a were, session zero topic, but when you you no. pl- you were playing for about a year. Yeah, so we were playing for a year, and and I'm I'm struggling to remember the character's name. It was a dwarf gunslinger pirate. Um, oh, you told in us about this one. Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. And I just could. I mean. I loved the back. I wrote this beautiful backstory about uh, a German child being swept out to sea and a mermaid tried to uh, raise him as her own. She couldn't write the 
he would be able to never swim well and, and he was never going to really have a good time. So she put him in a fishing net and he was raised as a cabin boy uh, on a ship where he learned about gunpowder and guns and that kind of thing. It was a really cool backstory, but throughout the throughout the gameplay it's i'm i'm not being effective in combat i'm having an okay time role playing but my character is just not like he's a sailor in the middle of a jungle in a ruined city and all of the creatures in the ruined city right he doesn't have magical pistols Mm -hmm. and and he can't find that right there's no magical pistols written into the module right this is one place where modules do stink um so so there's no place for him to to improve and be more combat effective and and we I just got to the point where like I'm not I'm not having fun playing the character and I I I had a very uh communication right I had I, I had a very honest talk with my DM and it's like look I love playing with you guys I don't want to stop playing but I don't want to play this character anymore what can we do and he's like, well, what do you want to play? And it's like, well, you know, a, a rogue of equivalent level with Misty Step, like a like an arcane trickster rogue would be would be cool. That that would I think that would fit with the group and it would fit with my play style. I won't play another evil character. I'll bring a, a good, you know, chaotic good, chaotic neutral uh character to the mix. But I just I want to get rid of of this guy. He's just not it's it's not doing it for me anymore, and my DM was like, "Yep, no no worries." Um, we 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 had that conversation, kind of in between. We had there's this big long combat with devils, okay, right, physically resistant and that kind of thing, and it's like you know he he's realizing that he's just combat ineffective, shot after shot, and finally he just says, "I've had it." And lights all of his gunpowder barrels at once and jumps into the arms of the succubus who's leading the demons and explodes. Oof. And pretty does good, pretty good end though. Twelve d ten worth of damage to her, and you know, t- effectively takes her out and three of the devils that she was leading. And the party's like, "Oh my god!" We, we didn't. The, the the fun thing is, we didn't tell the party. Oh. Nice. So, so this was kind of a surprise, and they're like, "Oh my God, Jack, what are you gonna do?" It's like, a, and the DM was like, "Yeah, we we've got we've got this," but, um, which was cool because then my arcane trickster rogue showed up, and she was a bounty hunter looking chasing the party because they had been accused of something, uh, and she was trying to rule them out, and then she's like, "Oh, well, I caught up to you." And you're stuck in this place. Now I'm stuck in this place. It was part of it was the end of Tomb of Annihilation, where you're stuck, right? You're stuck underground in the tomb. And and she's like, "Hey, I caught up with you. I got to ask you this question for my employer." And then she's uh-huh. like, "Oh, shit! I'm stuck. I guess I'm gonna just hang out with you guys until we're out of here." Nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. No, that, that sounds was... like it was resolved pretty good. Yep. And um, then we we've had some swaps, right? You and I have have swapped out characters when in our seventh C, yeah, adventure. I, I swapped. Um, you, you swapped out Joe for Hamish. Yeah. So uh, Yosef was a, a mercenary. Oh, I forget what his other background was. Um, it might have been it might have been soldier. It might have been farmhand. Uh, he he was uh, or orphan. He was orphaned. Um, grew up on a farm in uh, the country near uh, battlefields, and was raised by his uncle and aunt, and sort of he, had to defend the homestead a lot. Uh, huh? His one was foreign born. Foreign. Born. Oh, foreign born. Thank you. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, so he he was pretty martial oriented, quick with a sword really didn't like magic, uh, didn't like a lot of the, the sort of weaseling around sort of side stuff you wanted to, to get things done. Um, not usually one of my typical characters, but uh, he was more thoughtful than brutish, but easily annoyed, I suppose. Um, but you sort of 
detected that throughout the the second uh, module and informed me ahead of time going into the third one that it was more magic focused and so I thought well if I am playing a character who's struggled with it so far I should probably switch um, and I wanted to try I had had an idea for a character before I made Yosef um, and I it was gonna be this drunk old priest guy um, and I, I didn't go with it but I still wanted to play you know a cleric in 7C so I made this old priestly uh, scholar um, uh, Hamish Mortimer um, and that was it was it was good uh, some of the magic context of the third module no I won't spoil anything um, some of the context that you use that in is uh, I could have played either character I'll, I'll say that uh, and there were times where I kind of missed Yosef but I also really liked playing Hamish so um, it wasn't that Joe got stale for me at that point I just thought I I could get a character that I would have more fun with that would be better suited to the adventure um, and I don't know and, that better I, suited was really the answer there because like I said I, I really could have played either I think that was it, me and my player type wanting a slightly more suitable character for the content sure and and I I think you again as the GM I, I saw you struggle with Yosef in the second adventure because there's a lot of hey we're going to help somebody out and Yosef is all about was all about like I got a job. I'm going to do my job. I, I already have somebody I'm helping out. Let me finish helping I'm, him. I'm already, I'm already helping that he's, person. He's not, not a multitasker. He was simple. Right, and and so so the, the hey, let's help this. Let's help this other person over here. You were like, no, that's going to add a month to the job that I'm on. I want to get my job done so I can go off and do something else. And that's, that's where Hamish kind of came in, and he was a little bit more. You know, devil may care. You know, I'm I'm old, so I'm enjoying the time that I have. You want me to do this? Cool. You want me to do that? Whatever. You know, if I wake up tomorrow, that's that's a bonus. That's a blessing. Yeah. Um, so, and and I actually had two characters swap out at the end of Painter and Pirate in my Monday night group. So oh. Doctor Fog was a uh, Avalonian pri- ship uh, privateer surgeon. So, so a ship's doctor, um, and that the player who was playing that really didn't connect with that, uh, healer role, hero, healer, sailor role. It, it didn't make sense to them. Like that they don't know a lot about shipping ships and, and history, right? I'm a huge age of sail buff, right? Pirate Patrick, Mc, oh, yeah. uh, oh, age of O'Brien, sail. And Age of Sail stuff and Master and Commander, if you've seen that movie, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, sailing ships and and crew positions and that kind of stuff. I'm I'm all about that. But my player was not. So uh, they were having trouble like, well, what does a ship surgeon do during combat? It's like, are you kidding? You're going to be pulling splinters and splinting wounds and sewing people up and getting getting folks back into the battle quickly like you know you're gonna you you're gonna roll your wits scholarship and that's how many of your sailors are not going to be damaged by the enemy and they're like yeah okay that's you know so they swapped out for a more martial like a a pirate they're basically a pirate sniper so a a long gunner kind of thing and that's working out much better for them um, and then I had another player who is, he, he is a, he is typecast himself into dwarf barbarian, um, mar- again, physical martial characters and yep. the blockhead. Uh, yep. He, he loves Scotland. Uh, so he wanted to play a, a marcher, Highland March, uh, character. And the only pre-gen that I built was a priest from the marches with mm. some magic and he wasn't really comfortable with the magic system in 7c and again it was that kind of like i'm a priest i really can't get involved you know i want to go 
drinking and and bar fighting, but I'm a, I'm a priest, so I'll stay here, kind of thing. So he was kind of he felt limited and bounded by the character's uh, background and couldn't really enjoy himself. And and he switched out to a uh, guy in a kilt with a big sword. Nice. So well, I've still got one. I've still got one magic user in that group, uh, Matushka's, uh, the Ursa Ring, uh, and and her magic is based on ravens. So she's got kind of the animal magic and and uh, through ravens. Uh, so they should do okay in the third adventure. Well, nice. I don't know. Good, good on them for. Uh, did did they ask for it? Yeah. Well, I I kind of I. I, I, we did a post, so we haven't talked about this because we haven't got that far in, in kind of the timeline of playing games, but at the end of the module, of course, we were playtesting pre-publication, uh, we, we did a, a wrap-up session. So we did a whole Monday night where we didn't do any role play. It was, I had a questionnaires about, you know, what worked in this adventure, what didn't work, what would you like, what would you have liked to see more of? What what do you wish you knew at session one that you didn't know, you know, that would have made it more fun? Uh, were the mysteries really mysteries? Did you know who the bad guys were immediately or did it take you a couple of sessions to figure out who the bad guys were? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then were you happy? I asked about the characters. Were you happy with the characters that you played? Because I made pre-gens for everybody. Um, and and a couple these two folks spoke up and they were like, yeah, you know, I'm. I miss, I miss having a big sword and and bonking people on the head. And it's like, yep, we'll, we'll take care of that. And then the other the other character, the other player was like, yeah, you know, this whole sailing, shipping, I I just I'm not feeling it. It's like, well, let's find something that you can that you can really sink your teeth into. So nice. And and the switches narratively, right? Because that's the other that's the other challenge for for a GM is. You know, I've got, I've got Doctor Fogg, who is a, a ship surgeon, who sails with the Avalonian Navy, and I want them out of the story. And I've got Robert, uh, Elway, I think is his last name. Uh, so I've got Robert Elway, who's coming into the story. How are we going to make this go? Um, and as a GM, just be creative. Like so, so for us. At the end of the painter and the pirate, there's a family who's been recently reunited, um, and Doctor Fogg stayed because, you know, to make sure that the family was healthy. Um, okay. Nice. I don't want to yeah. wreck it, but no, wreck that's... any you know, no spoilers. But it's like, oh, this family just got together. I'm I'm gonna stay and and help this family stay healthy. Excellent. And it's like cool. And and Father Murphy said basically, I'm gonna stay here and start saying start working at the cathedral, right? We we just said, hey, the cathedral's understaffed, and they're like, oh my God, Father, could you stay in a month? And that just that that narratively made space for the new characters to join in. Very cool. And 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 the next the the first scene of that next adventure was boarding a ship and sailing someplace well ships have you know a, a good sized ship has 100 people on it between crew and passengers and and officers we just put the new characters on the ship and voila excellent excellent um <clears throat> So I guess that's my for for GMs that are looking for that swap, look for kind of an obvious low key way to switch out. You you know you don't they don't have to be arrested and beheaded. They don't have to be oh no you know oh I'm, I'm walking I'm crossing I'm fording the river and whoosh a current sweeps you away and drowns you like it, it doesn't have to be never to be high drama. Again. It could be very mundane like so so I've had. I, I've got some examples. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I started with three players. Um, I had a, a fourth player join. Um, 
I had a fifth player join. And then uh, one of the, this was when one of those first players swapped characters. Uh, and so the first character swap happened after uh, the events of um, quite a, a good deal of demonic influence impacting the world. And the uh, character in question was a dwarf um, battle rager from Pathfinder. So we, we adapted that for 5e for him, um, called it a dwarf barbarian with a battle rager subclass, and uh, we were all set. So, um, or not a battle rager, sorry, a blood rager. That's the, the Pathfinder one. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so he was feeling like he he didn't, couldn't engage intellectually with the puzzles, and so his character, after having fought all these demons, uh, and being part demonic, because uh, part of the Blood Rager Pathfinder bit is that you your blood is influenced by some force, so dragons or the abyss or celestial or what have you. Um, and so he, he had demon abyssal blood. Uh, so he felt responsible for those sort of things. Uh, he wrote a little note for everybody uh, one night uh, camping off the road and wandered off into the dark um, and uh, he he wanted to roll stealth checks for it so we did that one one player woke up or one other character woke up um, they had a small short sweet interaction and uh, and he was off um, and then when the party is looking for a ship the next day, they encounter um, a, a street woman who takes interest in their inquiries, who has some connections, and and that was that was the new character. Um, so if you, as the DM, know a, a player is swapping, you can work with them a little bit ahead of time um, and see if their character could fit the bill for an NPC or a quest giver that you have coming up. Like, if they're about to go uh, need to run an errand for this wizard, then, and you know that your other player is going to play a wizard, then, or a sorcerer, or a, a warlock, um, then maybe adapt that just a little, slide that character into that spot, and then they meet up with the party and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to come with you to get that book. And, and there you go. Um, and then I had a player leave um, for personal reasons. I'm not going to disclose any of that, obviously, but they explained briefly to me what was going on, and uh, and then we were all set. Um, as the DM, listen to people, be open, be compassionate, and uh, everyone's there to have fun, and if it stops being fun, for any reason, then don't make people feel guilty or bad about that. Um, support them in it, and if you had a fun time playing with them, let them know they're always welcome back. Uh, then I had uh, the the other the the other guy leave. Uh, he was finishing law school, um, and then I had another guy join. So I, I've I've had the the come and go. Um, the players leaving has been um, pretty pretty okay to handle uh the the people at the table um have a harder time coping with that than i do as the dm finding a story beat to get them in or out on because uh, it's a bummer not to play games with people who you find uh to be friends um but but yeah uh and then so sorry other character examples uh for for dm's sake uh, in terms of fitting it into the narrative um the first character that joined um, was a very naive druid uh, who had lived in the woods her whole life, and she wanted to go see the ocean. And these people were the only people who weren't like traders or merchants who were traveling uh, west, in this case, uh, towards the ocean. And she, she just wanted somebody to travel with because she was young and new and didn't know any better. Uh, and it can be, you know, as simple as that. Um, the next time I had a, 
a player join. It was because they were um, the ending of their backstory put them directly at a town that the party was going to. And so while the party is at the inn uh, having a drink after a few days of travel and, and securing their lodgings, uh, this guy, a, a wealthy bard, um, finds out that they're looking for lodgings and that they are uh, a group of people who might be able to help him get, you know, a little bit further away. He was sort of on the run at the time, so a group of adventurers who might, you know, get lost in the woods or be gone for, you know, have erratic travel patterns, it worked out. Um, and so he he joined the, the group by offering a stay at the manor of a woman that he knew in the town, um, and that, that worked out quite well. Um, the other two swaps that happened uh, later, the character swaps, were um, the party had gone to an island that uh, was a little bit beyond their, uh, their challenge level, I guess, uh, and one of the players at that point was talking to me about swapping characters and so we had talked a, a little while and he was like well I, I you know i don't care if he dies he dies and if he doesn't then he doesn't but uh let me know when i can play this other guy and here's all the details on him so uh, we figured out how the other guy was gonna join in um but we needed a way for him to to go so they're on this island um they have a, a fight with a creature they can't can't beat uh but managed to subdue briefly enough to get everyone um, out. And so when they are set to leave the island, the character says, you know, I'm sorry I failed you guys. I'm going to stay here to get stronger, um, and I'll see you again someday. And the other, the player who was leaving uh, around the same time had their character stay uh, on the island with the other character. And so that was a, a sweet way to depart those characters um, that totally fit the bill. And then the new character that onboarded was a bounty hunter who was looking for that same player's other character who stayed on the island for a murder that he didn't do. So this bounty hunter's on the ship that picks up the party. And then as they, when they get off, he follows them, they realize they're being followed, they have a chat, they explain that the guy he was following wasn't really the murderer, and that was like his big payday, so now he's going to stick around, and these guys are going to help him make some more money. Um, and that, that was kind, kind of it. Uh, and then the other character that joined was, uh, he's a historical studies guy, um, who had a, a piece of... Uh, an ancient ewer um, that the party is, was looking for, but didn't know they were looking for. So he he I integrated him as a uh, as part of the quest giving scene. There uh, he had been sent by my NPC to go get the piece of the relic that he gave to the party, and then because the party was sort of tasked with finding other pieces of the relic, uh, he volunteered to go with them to make sure that they didn't break it or ruin it or do anything inappropriate. He's a very Indiana Jones-style character, so um, he wants to make sure things get to museums. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, so that's I, I've had a lot, of, a lot of motion. Sorry, I sort of went on for a little while there, um, but, but I don't know a better way for us to share lessons with listeners than to sort of share how we've done it and hope that people glean some creative ideas out of it. Yeah, no, that's that's why we're here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think the the only other game that we wanted to have examples for was Monarchies of Mao. Uh, you said maybe we would have changes there. So, so I I was wondering, and and it's it's just purely just I'm I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just throwing this out there that at the end of the the session on when the yesterday. Um, we were talking kind of informally about the game itself because this is the first time any of us have played Monarchies of Mal, mm -hmm. and the classes are very um, 
broad, right? So so the the classes aren't that they kind of map loosely to your traditional fighter, cleric, rogue, bard. Um, but they're, they're a little bit more magic users. But yeah, so so there's not there there there's not a lot of difference from a wanderer, which is kind of your bard style character. Kind of a kind of a monk too. Kind kind of, and then your character is a. I'm a tracker, which is more close to like the ranger, but also which is a little kind, monk too. Yeah, and, and then we've got a a minister, which is a magic user, mm-hmm. and a. And that's it. There's just three of us, three of yep. three of you. So we were just we, we and we were informally talking about how, you know, we, we had the one combat we, we find we played through a a, a combat scene mm-hmm. and, and it was kind of like, you know, uh, I, I, again, I'm I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouth, but I sensed some trepidation i think is probably the right word there uh, about the classes people have picked i'm pretty okay i'm i'm i really like my character so okay i'm very comfortable with where i'm at okay uh i think one of somebody else said oh we don't have a healer right like somebody noted that right we don't have a what is it a scholar in this is the cleric um the cleric is it's not the minister, it's the other one. I, I have Pugmire here though. Monarchies and Malbook is downstairs. Alright. I've but, I've got the Oh, a Manser. No, that's a Manser. The, no, the man sorry, the Manser is the mage, the minister is the cleric. Right. And we have a Manser, we don't have a minister. Right. So they've got champions, which is sort of your fighter, footpads, sort of your rogue, mansers, sort of your wizard. Ministers, sort of your cleric. Trackers, sort of your ranger. And wanderers, sort of your monk. Right. But they all, there's, there is less, and I, I don't mean this as a knock, of course. I'm having fun and it's good. But there's less uh, distinction at level one for what each of the, the different classes do. And we do have a very uh, unique party um, it reminds me when I used to play uh, Arena in WoW and like a dungeon team, like we've sort of talked about in modern, especially video game RPGs, is like, oh, a tank, a healer, and a damage dealer. And we have right. the triple damage dealer comp. So right. I, I really like it. I think we're going to have to have creative solutions to things and we may need um, to to make sure that we're communicating and preparing a little bit better ahead of combat. But um, I, I certainly, yeah, I, beca- I don't know. That's interesting. I guess we'll see I, if anybody switches, but I don't know, man. Because I, I also offered to bring in a, a GM run character and that was shot down by the group. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we got it. I, I like the challenge. Oh, that's you know? fine. That's like fine. If, if I... My character's kind of old and, and I'm, uh, a pretty experienced RPGer. Like, I'm not gonna be upset if I die. It's the dice's fault, not yours. So, um, like, I if Noma dies, that's okay. And then I'll roll a new tune, and then I'll be like, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a tank. Maybe we'll do a healer. I didn't play yep. cleric like I normally do, so that probably threw everybody off. But, um, I've be- I have been on uh, a a kick, I guess about hairless cats which i totally like now um and i <laughs> i was like well i'm a hairless cat i, I guess i could have gone for like a hairless cat priest but that i don't know feels a little weird so i think we have shared a pretty good amount of narrative uh hopefully there's something in here that has helped you figure out how to move a character in or out or you've learned something about coaching players on uh, swapping characters and uh, maybe being a little bit open-minded to it as a DM, um, and don't take it personally. Any final notes? Yes. Gosh, no. I think we uh, we did that. I just I I will uh, I'll take this time instead of doing the normal wrap up. I will encourage people to check out the painter and the pirate on Drive Through RPG. Yes. 
Uh, I will put a link to that into the show notes, um, and this will be posted. Uh, our recording January 28th, and it'll be up sometime this weekend. Um, so, thanks a whole lot for listening. Uh, to ask a question or get involved, follow us on Twitter at Red Hoodie Games or at JMScoda5. And if you want to do anything more than give us a, a like or a listen, head on over to patreon.com slash Skoda, S-K-O-D-A. And don't forget to check out The Painter and the Pirate uh, by our very own Jack Skoda here on DriveThruRPG. Um, so thanks a whole lot, and we'll catch you next time. Good day. Good day.